And welcome to episode 363 of the Saturn Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again this week by my Italian co hosts, Peter and Jake. That's right, Kurt. Um, this week, we are coming at you with the trigonometry edition of the cast. Let's all go around, name our favorite trigonometric function. Uh, I would, most people say sine, to me it's cos, cosine. It's I'm a little an underrated. Arctangent man. Oh, ooh, that's a that's a little that's a complex flavor. I personally am a fan of cot or cotangent. I just like I just like its vibes. It does have good vibes. It's had a good run in the uh, the whole tangent the family is just they got super chill energy. I like the equality of it. You know, forty five yeah. degrees this way, forty five degrees that way. We're all copacetic, huh? Yeah, don't make no me. Don't make me no. Never mind. <laughs> you know the they're they're the uh, the rarities. They're the oddities. They're the unique of the bunch with their radical twos, <laughs> the radical two radical movement. Two. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean I it's radical two movement. <laughs> who's got time to mess around with the hypotenuse's bullshit? No one's got time to mess around with the hypotenuse's bullshit. Get them out of there. Yeah. Get them out of there. Don't need them. I like cosine because they're hit single. You're out of phase. (laughs) (laughs) I promise you this was not leading up to that bit. This was not constructed entirely to make that joke. I really promise you that. We just naturally proofed it, you know? Exactly. Hey, did you hear hear about those two uh, little... uh, Little high school uh, smarty pants that that proved uh, the Pythagorean theorem using like geometry or some shit. Oh yeah, that, that they was like cool. that yeah. they were like nah, we do, you don't use it, and they use like a little bit of calculus also. And I was like, fuck, dude, that's yeah. sick, that's dope. It was like you if it's like however they all fit into like a triangle and you do like an infinite series as it gets closer yeah. to the vertex. Yeah, they yeah. did they did like an infinite series to prove it out and there was like they derived it and came out to have it have it equal out or something like that. Yeah. Um and it was it was all just I think it was in order to get like uh sine two A B over B squared plus like one equals C squared. Yeah, it was some or, kind of law of science. Yeah. Yeah, it was like it was. Yeah, they they proved law signs to be equal to c squared, and I was like, oh, that's neat. We're still learning about like the basics of trigonometry. Anyways, trigonometry. Meanwhile, the engineer in me is like, yeah, I use the theorem every day. I know it's true. (laughs) Every every single morning, I get up, I take take the Pythagorean theorem, put it in my mouth. Right there on the board, yummy yum. <laughs> yes. Um, fucking yeah. So we're, we're uh, Jake can tell us where we're from and where we're where we're reviewing the Mario look, movie, or as look, I like to call it, the Draymond Green story. Look, we can come from a lot of places, but I'd like to come from a little place close to home, and that is an Italian man's dinner table. 
And uh, we are coming at you with, with all the loved ones. They're bringing dinner over. They're bringing the pasta. They're bringing the garlic bread. They're bringing the caprese salad. They're bringing other kinds of salads that may or may not fit in that definition of salad. And it's just a, a lot of largely chopped things put into a bowl <laughs> that they call an antipasta and uh, whole peppers. Right in there. Giant, yeah, Jake, giant whole Jake, peppers you, in I'm your I'm going to give you another shot of this because it's not an antipasta. Fuck. Come on, Jake. Be a, be a masculine about this. You you know your romance languages. It's not an antipasta. Antipasti. Antipasto. That's the plural. Oh, antipasto. All right, I'll take that. That's the yeah. It's antipasto. Yeah. With an O. For, oh, that's the correct answer. Oh, shit. You just really, you know, hunked up a head of cabbage I, and put it in my salad. You really I re- really did a man I dirty really, there, Peter. I Norman-splained him. Like, that was kind of like, I didn't feel good watching that. That was uncomfortable for me to watch. I don't just, fucking you know, know. Just put him on the spot on 420. Yeah, how's everybody feeling today that it's 420? We you can't hide. see we, my eyes. We we baked. We zooted <laughs> out the uh, wazoo. Uh, zooty out the booty. Is Snoop Dogg blessing us on this blessed day? He, uh, I, you know, he gave us the people's elbow. So, you know, he's capable of anything. It's the Englewood elbow. Yes. Point of order. Um. <clears throat> Unrelated cough. Oh, I thought that Trailer. was leading into something. <laughs> no, we we could just put dead air here for for like five full seconds. Look, you got to stop me. There's like a 50-50 chance I'm gonna go back to that nine eleven Mario conspiracy <laughs> string we were on for a bit. Uh, so if you leave us on dead air too long, we might end up in a in a, I mean, in a it, camp. <laughs> is it really dead air? Jake, you if can't it's the ma- you can't say the words dead air and 911 in the same sentence. Well, I did not make that connection, but oh well. But you put it out there to be made. <laughs> therefore, you're guilty and we're going to cancel <laughs> you on Twitter. <laughs> I've been reading the secret, Jake, and you're manifesting this. How much time do you think needs to pass until we do have like a company called Dead Air? That's like another airline that's just like inspired by the like nine eleven. I don't know that you're ever gonna what? have an what? airline. <laughs> How would that work, Jake? What's your uh, what's your idea for a hijacking like inspired a, is it like airline? A theme hotel? Are you? Thinking I think it's of, like a murder, like... like a murder mystery dinner. Like you don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, hear me out. I'm, I dude, I'm fucking. I'm, I'm all ears. Canceled. Okay, so hear me out. You, you want, you order up. You, it's like a show. You want it. You're on a, a red eye from New York to L.A. It's that's t- a grueling flight. And oh, how oh, cool so would it be? You think it's a medieval times style yeah. attraction? Show. You know, make it a, make it a little wider, and then you just have plants throughout the audience that just get up and. Oh, I'm the marshal. No <laughs> yeah and and everybody gets assigned like roles like oh i'm pass, i'm dead passenger number four so like i have to go up and be like i died or something like that <laughs> and somebody gets like the marshal 
uh, role where like at a certain point uh, they need to try and stop the hijackers because their box knives made it through uh, security <laughs> uh, <laughs> and still can or they've used like they, a ceramic like, knife. Do they give you an envelope at the beginning and then right before the end you open it up to figure out which government building you're going to hit? <laughs> Yeah, or like, or like they do it Oprah style, where everybody checks underneath their seat and they get their roll, see what they won. Uh, you know, sometimes you're, uh, you know, you can you can get names into it too. You can be like, uh, it gives you like the memorial obituary of the person who was sitting in that seat. Now the only <laughs> the only insensitive part that I could see coming from this get the prayer cards if, at the door. <laughs> if you if you get the uh, if you get the hijacker roll. Uh, some people might just get a little bit too into it. Um, so maybe that's done by like employees. What yep. about what about the uh, people who play the first responders? Do they then several decades later have to uh, act out their <laughs> their terrible cancer <laughs> diagnoses? Who gets, oh, who, who gets your, like you open up the you open up your role and you're the legislator who proposes the Patriot Act. Hold up, hold up. I had a bigger idea within my idea. Um, I got Colin Powell as my role. I get to declare the war. (laughs) Who gets to be the guy who whispers in George Bush's ear? Sir, a second bullet. A very, very special young member of the audience. (laughs) So, so you know how they have the, uh, the, the flight simulators that make it really realistic what if in the front of the plane is a flight simulator and in front of that is the actual cockpit and you actually have to like stop them from like killing the pilots (laughs) fucking (laughs) flying it into like a building or something like that here we go baby see now we're joking about this. And then you put stakes on it. And you, it, it, you know, it feels real. <laughs> like, you know, oh my God, you can't let them get into the... <laughs> Turbulence. Uh-oh, we're... The air marshal shut off target. We're losing cabin pressure. Masks come down. <laughs> wow, this is really realistic. Oh, oh, they're holding a, them hostage now with the box cutters by the oxygen line. <laughs> So, um, related, trivia, uh, related link in the chat Oh God! <laughs> for the Oculus TV app, uh, MetaQuest Surviving 9-11, the VR experience. Sorry, what? What the fuck? <laughs> I, I knew it. it pro- I was like, this probably does exist. Is this like to like help people like with their trauma, or is it like to help it's like them a documentary it? thing? You're like you know like uh, or like a ex- exhibit, you know. Uh. You really get to feel the uh, the fucking terror of. Oh, <laughs> uh, so it's just like before you know, and after shots. Somehow, and stuff. you know, Zoomers have to relate somehow. <laughs> they didn't exist <laughs> during it. Feel what it what it actually felt like for somebody on the eighty third floor of the East Tower. I really feel like the World Trade Center. Wow. 
Yeah, All right. I could see how I would so, want to jump out at this point. Jesus Christ. So, in an effort to not talk about... <laughs> this started with us saying we were not going to go off on this tangent. Dude, 12 years and, has passed. What are we gonna dip? What are we gonna tiptoe around this for? You you sound like Tim Robbins. <laughs> Twelve what years. Are we gonna tiptoe around this? I'm not worried about any of this. <laughs> sorry, twenty. Sorry, twenty-two years. <laughs> Twelve. Years. It was that's what I was laughing at the most. Yeah. <laughs> Ten a lot longer than that. I can't math. Uh, I'll just say and we can't trailers. We can trailers though. Um, good. Back good, on topic. Good. You know, good parked try. in front of the parked in front of the buildings on nine eleven were these trailers that interesting were purchased by the Clinton Foundation. You've been eating some of that Alex Jones chili. If you dig deep Jake. enough, you see they were filled with C four and tannerite. <laughs> the whole tower. Um, all right. Well, I guess. I guess on topic. This was all one elaborate segue <laughs> uh, to our first trailer for reality. What uh, is reality? Is a, <clears throat> it's an HBO movie or a show, show or, or documentary or something like that. <clears throat> it. So I don't remember her name. Um, this is some. Wasn't she like the Russian? Uh, Spy or whatever during the siege. Yes, and this or or alleged. I I am I don't know about this story, but it, this sounds like yeah, the story of like there there she's under accusation from the FBI about possible sedition. Well, I mean, with a name like Reality Winner, yeah, of course you'd be under investigation by the FBI. They gotta find out what's wrong with you. <laughs> Why would you pick that name for you? <laughs> oh, is it not? Okay, never mind. I'm sorry. It's uh She was an airman. Oh. Uh senior airman. Yeah, okay, it is. Sorry, it is it is based off of the actual member whistleblower. NSA. This isn't what I thought it was. I thought this was like the like Russian spy that was like found to be working for like some news corporation um and like had a lot of evidence against her but now this is american whistleblower reality winner uh well they made the snowden movie news people working for the russians is on every day at seven o'clock yeah or whenever the tucker carlson show comes on (laughs) yo speaking of (laughs) got any more cold takes you want to dish out here peter I don't know. Jake's about to talk about our old Tucky Ducky here. Do, do, speaking of the Tuck Man and his uh, Fox Fox uh, overlords, they are going through it. They just they just oh, lost yeah. a cool seven hundred and fifty million dollars. On top of that, they shit canned Dan Bongino's show, Lou Dobbs' show. Dan Bongino's little fucking thumb from the Secret Service and. Now just screaming. I need to look up what a man called Dan Bongino looks like. Dude, he looks exactly how you think he'd look like, though. He looks like a Dan Bongino. (laughs) Oh, Christ. He's the guy selling you his spaghetti mixtapes outside of, like, an Italian opera house in the Bronx. 
And he's like, no, no, where's the tip, buddy? <laughs> why is his why is his head an upside down trapezoid? What what's going on with his hair? He looks like those those he looks like a thumb. He looks just like a thumb. <laughs> I don't know any thumbs that look like that, my man. <laughs> Dude, if if uh Thing or whatever from the Adams family had a face, that'd be it. It'd be Dan Bongino. Like this man I could I could play my I could mount this man's forehead on my wall and watch the game on it. Dude, if like I don't believe in a lot of like phrenology. I think I get a first down if you go from his eyebrow to his hairline. Like I don't believe a whole lot in like a whole lot of phrenology, but like cop cop phrenology is real. Like this man was born a cop. And he just like he just he's, had to grow up and like they're just like, all right, welcome oh my to the God, police force. This fucking picture right here where he's got the he's got the Sid from Toy Story going on. Like if if Sid didn't grow up to be cool, this is what he'd grow up to look like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> His jawline has a jawline that owes money to the government. <laughs> So, <laughs> his jawline has like flip, flippers. Like he can swim through the water without moving his arms he, or legs. He's got like a snout. <laughs> it, his head's a mask, right? Like you have to be able. To, it looks like it's coming off. Like man, legit has like a snout. <laughs> like the front portion of his face is his his mouth and lips area is further forward. Like there's like a, a step oh. out from the jaw. Boys, boys, he owns a, pro- a pit bull. Right? I got a profile he owns a pit bull that looks man. exactly like him. If he was Why? a dog, he'd be like just. He's a- got a he's got a roller coaster nose. This man has a roller coaster. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a cute little button nose. You know what? What? That's a toggle switch, dog. <laughs> a <laughs> <toggle> button. <laughs> <laughs> my man's got a lever for my, a nose <laughs> my man's got the emergency shut off <laughs> throw the switch Igor <laughs> you know Yzma's out here going pull the lever <laughs> no not that lever I meant the Dan Bongino's the, nose the Dan Bongino's nose looking one <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! I didn't even—I didn't even notice the suit he was wearing in that. It's an awful suit. <laughs> well, you don't like the the black, the white on black plaid, uh, or the black on black plaid. Sorry, it's like pinstripes aren't enough. I need them to go horizontal. I want them too. to scroll down further. You know, he's got an AR fifteen. It's like just in right under his American. It's flag. just the sports coat. With an American flag lapel pin. He's like wearing a fucking gray t-shirt under yeah. it. <laughs> it's, it's probably to like sponsor like some fitness supplement that's full of like cocaine. Yeah, Infowars.com. Yeah. <laughs> Slash so, nutraceuticals. This wasn't fully to make fun of Dan Bongino. It's just the fact that his, his show on Fox got canceled. And so did uh, their, their yeah, canceling also. Dobbs. Maria Bartiromo and Judge Janine Pirro, who are like their oh B-team. no, not not Judge Janine. Yeah, they're they're B team. They're like 
cutting all their B team. Well, that sounds like they're cutting all the shows that are literally just a person yelling into a camera for 60 minutes. Yeah. Well, I, I'm wondering if this is like a backdoor deal between them and Dominion to like get rid of a good chunk of their their cast. I, I don't know. It's I don't know. I, I'm glad to see them. Just said, falling apart. Fox probably just said, "Oh, we're gonna settle. Here's who we need to cut." Yeah, it could be too. Yeah, probably just cut. Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell can't supply all. Dude, he settled for like support. five million. Yeah, I didn't even know he's worth five million. Do you know how many pillows that is? Do you know how embarrassing you know how it was that is? to have? The my pillow guy be a very important person in American politics. For... That, who had that on their bingo card? Like that is the rarest pull in like a box of like American political. That happenings. sounds like a fucking Mad Lib. <laughs> you got the pillow oh, dude, salesman. Just the Mike Pillow mythic rare. <laughs> Ah, yeah, Mike Lindell, a... pillow man. What of one Mike Lindell mustache? <laughs> yeah, he's the elections conspiracy ability guy. <laughs> I know. I thought this was printed in next set. <laughs> conspiracy three political machinations. <laughs> March of the polling machine. Draft Mike Lindell face up. <laughs> yeah. Yo, I'm sending this in to get graded, dude. <laughs> It'll probably be worth more than him. Gem mint worth $5 million to Dominion. <laughs> so so um, that's reality. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Reality is just uh, something that happened. HBO. Um, moving on to, like, I, were there any ones that weren't, like, we no. got a couple. Oh, we yeah. have a couple of horror movies, and we have, let's do this quick, White Bird. The Wonder Story. I don't know why it's being shown as a trailer again. I thought this went like came and went, but I guess it never happened. No, it was for purely for our pleasure, so we could get that amazing scene. <laughs> hey, these are pretty good for a Jew. For a Jew. <laughs> and then what did they change it to? Someone like you? <laughs> yeah, and but they changed it back for this one. This is the unrated cut. Oh, <laughs> this is, is this the Red Band trailer? <laughs> This is the release, one where they show release you the, the Jew no, cut. Yes, this is the Jew cut. Like they're putting this one out into theaters. <laughs> the circumcision, wiper with more Jews. <laughs> the Moyle edition. Moyle edition. <laughs> Everyone's catching strays today. Do on you this think? Show. It's like, can you make a kosher movie where the Moyle comes in and he cuts the the last millimeter off of the fucking film reel? <laughs> Only if you have a rabbi bless it as it passes through the editing machine. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked. State Jewish Jewish Hollywood conspiracy debunked <laughs> with this one simple trick. Doctors hate him. He grew this rabbi doctors hate him. It's completely unrelated to any of his medical knowledge. He's just a very difficult patient. <laughs> this rabbi will not eat this camera. It's not kosher. The Jews don't control Hollywood. I'm not going to eat that camera. There you have it. Wait, don't you have to just cover it in aluminum foil and just torch it all? Have you seen that? Have you seen like the Jewish families like almost burning down their kitchen so they can make it kosher? No, I have not seen that. Dude, we bizarre. did have a 
Bizarre we did have a talk about the 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 special Jewish string, the party string. The party is that the one where they wrap it around their arm twenty six times or something like that? <laughs> or they have a little box of the Torah. All right, up? I don't know what the hell you're talking about, dude. No, this is okay. the one where they they cordon off a block like it's a police crime zone, so they can like eat and stuff on we the have, Sabbath. There are three trailers. That I pulled out to talk about today, and it's gonna be an hour and a half before we get to the third one. I'm just saying that like Jewish people have like so many layers to their. They have the best religion. accessories. Yes, they have the funnest accessories, and Purim sounds like it's probably the funnest holiday. Is Purim the one where the kids dress up as like? Everyone dresses up in like, costumes and just gets shit faced. It's dope. It sounds amazing. And they get like they have to wrap boxes around their arms and head, and they have to torch. Oh, I know to... what you're talking about. Yeah, they cover their apartment in like tin foil, and a, a rabbi comes in with a a fucking flamethrower and just goes, <laughs> <laughs> just torches everything to make it kosher. This is the this is the Gentile cut of the Torah. All right. It, It'd be so, dude. There's, there's like 500 times more action. <laughs> Somebody from Boston rewrote the Torah, <laughs> and right. then Moses came down. And he was like, "Fuck this shit. We're getting out of here." And he led all the Jews out of Egypt. <laughs> so that's why you gotta, you gotta friggin', you gotta torture a kitchen and you gotta burn it down with tinfoil. Friggin' sweet. Don't worry, my. My buddy Bill, he might be a Southie, but he also works in the insurance company. They ain't going to question the claim. <laughs> yeah, is that what they're all fishing for? Yeah. Now it's Sunday. I don't even want to fucking, I don't want to fucking touch my stove. Man, if someone could come in here and, and fix that shit for me, that would be great. Look, I'm not talking about anyone in particular. <laughs> Neighbor. <laughs> all right. Who's next? Insidious, Insidious. Darth Insidious. I will say, uh, as for going on for how many movies they've gone on for, um, I I think this is one of the better horror movies. I think it's got, and the fact that it's kind of making sequels. At least it's not like pretending to not be goofy at this point. Yeah, like they're like they're going into the fucking mind dungeons from Yeek. You got Tiny Tim playing in the soundtrack. <laughs> There's like, like they do the weird like jump scare, but but not even like he's like doing weird memory problems in the window. And the yeah, dude that was just, the strangest one to see. That's a lot more setup than just like on a table, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever, you know. We all we yeah. all got to study some way. The the sun's going off to art college or something, and. Uh, they're still being haunted by some shit, and there's a I door guess. because the movie's name is the Red Door. The Red Door. Yeah. What color's the door? All right, uh, Great. we're putting okay. putting odds on. Um, what are the chances that uh, Paint It Black uh, plays in this in this movie at some point? Because they see a red door and they want to paint it black. Oh. Um. It would be like right at the end if it happened at all. I agree. Either that or the credits. Um, 
but that's how it's gonna be. I'm like like I'm looking at the sets. This is almost like a, an Italian giallo film, from the way it's like in some portions the way it's lit. Fucking wild. I mean, they might be outsourcing them to Italy at this point. <laughs> like these scenes in the in the haunted. Oh, you know what? It's inside their mind dungeon. That's why the colors are all fucky. Because there's like neat, there's like bright orange lights, but the there's like neon blue fog everywhere. Yeah. All right. I don't know. I I never watched any. Wasn't the original Insidious like there was a kid who was like evil? Or some shit was. Uh, what, was I th- what movie I'm thinking of? I, well, it's there like was the a kid is actually like there was a kid on the evil. poster. Well, I mean, there's a lot of movies like that. You know, the the Omen. <laughs> yeah. All right. Maybe I was. Yeah. Maybe the I'm, orphan. I no clue. <laughs> the fucking. <laughs> but there was yeah. there was a kid on the insidious like poster. Maybe that's what yeah. you're thinking of. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. These movies all blend together. I don't know. Bump that shit. Be on the pile. Bump that shit. We got a new fucking kaiju movie. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. I'm so hyped and Monkey is back. Monkey's Monkey's back on the on the menu, Kong baby. X Godzilla Monkey Madness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they got um the that monkey from the Jungle Book uh, to be the bad guy, and he's big. <laughs> like Cranky Kong has come back to claim the uh, Kong country. Um, yeah. So we got Cranky Kong, but maybe also a little bit of Godzilla blood in him. The running theory, because this is a very um, like just do nothing teaser. It mm-hmm. kind of just establishes a possible villain. It's a title of all the CGI we have t- yeah, up till t- now. It's like a teaser for the teaser. It's the title announcement. That's right. It's, uh, well, I guess they did change it. So it used to be Godzilla versus Kong, and now it is Godzilla X Kong. Cross like, <laughs> Dawn uh, of Dawn of Kai Justice. I mean, why don't they say Cross? It's X, like Hunter X Hunter. It's Godzilla X Kong. The New Empire. <laughs> it's literally Although, Cross. Dude, and you know why I, I know, know that? Because the 3DS announcer calls it Project Cross Zone, not Project X Zone. <laughs> I don't care. It's an X. Is it multiplies? Is... Godzilla times Kong? Like, never have I... Crossover. Never was there ever more of a wrestling promo than this trailer was <laughs> dude but i'm so yeah. here for it oh yeah i i loved it like they fuck it they're setting up the new bad guys like oh there's a a godzilla skull and a kong skull this guy must be badass and of course so, you want to see him fight <laughs> running theory right. is i think orangutan man is a project monarch creation where they took the blood of Godzilla and the blood of Kong and made a monkey out of them. And crossed them together. <laughs> and maybe, yeah, maybe that's why the, the title is what it is. Maybe they, like, they... or Kongzilla. Or villain something completely different, and this is Godzilla and Kong doing the fusion dance. They strike me as yeah. more of a Patara earring kind of. Kongzilla or Gong? <laughs> which, one's the, which one's the right oh, one and which one's the weak know. one? Yeah. It'd be Codzilla, wouldn't it? 
Godzilla. Godzilla. <laughs> He's aquatic. Godzilla. He can swim through water as though it were land. <laughs> um, Godzilla. So I don't know. Like I, I hats off to fucking legendary and war, war, Universal, right? Universal. Warner, um, I think. Huh? Warner Bros. I think. Warner's okay. For actually like fucking piling this slop heap into an actual like almost canon. <laughs> like this is this is a more connected universe than fucking the DC cinematic universe. At this point, yes. This is this is at this to this point, uh the Godzilla slash King Kong universe is Warner Brothers' most successful cinematic French like yeah, cinematic I'm universe. So here for it. <laughs> And DC ha- even has more monkeys than Kong. <laughs> oh, I, we've already go go watch a previous episode. Go watch another episode of Saturn Studs. There's like a ten percent chance on any given episode we're talking about all the monkeys of DC. It has happened more times than you would think, but perhaps one time is more times than you would think. Yes. Um. And then the last one. Uh, is the the boogeyman number two, the Toogie Man? Um, it's yeah. I, I the only thing that stands out for me in this trailer is the beginning, where to like do exposure therapy for the child, like to get over its fear of the dark. The the lady is like, here's this flashing light that's going to blink on and off, and I'm like. No, that's not going to help the child. That's going to be the scariest thing that child has ever experienced. Like, what? They're just going to withdraw enough and never complain again, and you're going to call that a success. Like, here's... I don't know if you guys watched the trailer, so just watch the beginning. You don't even have to um, watch with the sound on. I saw the first trailer. Yeah, Yeah. I thought it was going to be a repeat of like a lot of the, the first one. So I didn't really bother watching it. I mean, a lot of it is, um, but that for the first part they added on, um, it's just the, just the goofiest shit. Um, where she's like, "Where this? See, there's nothing to worry about as the light blinks on and off." It does seem terrifying, though. Like that. That does. If I was that kid, yeah, yeah, that's that's awful. <laughs> Why would you do this? It's torture. <laughs> No, no, send me to get my. This is literally how you set up, like, this is what they do when you need to intentionally do the something is creeping closer to you scare. I'm sure all, like, the child therapists and psychiatrists are just, like, watching this being like, the fuck? That's not real. (laughs) That's never been real. Oh. Sounds like you're going to give the kid a seizure. Yeah. We've done some how fucked to, up shit to, to fuck up your kid one on one. Nah, they'll be fine. Builds character. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, is that I, that is the theme of the movie? I guess is like <laughs> no one really gives a shit about the kid. No one's gonna take her seriously, and that's how they they all will pay. It's like putting. Uh, it's scarier than it's scarier than Insidious. So it's like nightmares, nightmare, nightmare. <laughs> Yeah. What if it is just like an Alex Jones? Yeah, just get your child high on acid, give him a couple mushrooms or some of that, and just be their 
be there to just scream nightmare at them, see if it <laughs> breaks them up there of their fear. You ever watch it? You ever see that uh, clip from The Simpsons where um, Bart's afraid of the dark, and and Homer's like, play, "Let me see." Um, Simpsons Homer chainsaw. Fucking classic, classic clip here. Where Bart's, yeah, he's always like afraid of the dark and he's like heading to sleep. This is how I feel. This is the, this is the animated version of that trailer. <laughs> Where <laughs> Homer just jumps in with a knife. And he's like, <laughs> he's like cutting him a fucking brown. Yeah. Yeah, this is yeah, great radio we're producing here. Um, just go look just, up, like, go turn off and watch the home. <laughs> just go look up Homer no. Simpson Chainsaw Hockey Mask. <laughs> no more sending YouTube clips. To the yeah, you can't. We're creating dead air. You can't be doing that, Peter. <laughs> this is boys. We. This is your second I've, strike. <laughs> we're already, we're already in the shit. I've already sunk this. This episode into the toilet. Yeah, just just dump this one. <laughs> we'll just we'll just skip this week. Dump the feet. Did you guys already? Uh, did you guys do the last voyage of Demeter? Yes. Um, last week's. Yeah. Yeah. That came out in time. Right. We were I... in, like we said last week. It was it's a pretty good idea to do the 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 ship part of the Dracula story, as Kurt says, because he's the only one who's who's read it. <laughs> At least I haven't. Um, he said it's it's the only it's the real part where everyone like actually dies. Yeah. It's it's probably the scariest part of the book. Oh, so this is like an actual thing that happened in Dracula the book. Yeah. yeah. And it's a classic yeah, Dracula a... trope of um they even make a joke about it in what we do in the shadows. Oh. I just thought maybe it was like a you know snakes on the plane but like Dracula's. <laughs> I mean, that's why it's such a good concept for a movie. Is that like, oh, this this part of that book uh, equates perfectly to a. Are you saying snakes on a plane and its subsequent spinoffs or ripoffs are inspired by the book Dracula? Yes, I am saying, I am saying that Samuel L. Jackson looked to Bram Stoker for his interpretation of his character. Bram Bram Stoker uh, deserved a writing credit on both of those movies. Smart, that's smart. Well, um, good shit. That is it. Did we do we do it? <laughs> yeah, trailers. I think Done. so. All righty. Yeah, it was a week, week, week for <laughs> week, week, uh, week, week for trailers. But uh, <laughs> you know that means Hollywood just gonna just give us the money shot next week. I guess. Yeah. Maybe we'll that's s- how these things usually go. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but we'll also see how movies that have actually come out are doing in our segment we call the follow-up. And uh, for... Speaking of the follow-up, I just have to say one thing. My cousin decided to uh, watch a couple of our previous recordings or listen to them on his long road trip that he recently did. I and see. And one thing in particular that he said, he, he felt compelled out of the total probably four hours that he listened to because uh, I know there were two different episodes where yeah it was pretty pretty good reviews and uh man 
what a shit take from one of your friends <laughs> about the Mario movie. <laughs> 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 he was like, he couldn't have been more wrong. Peter really put himself out there on that one. <laughs> I'm so upset that I missed last week that I could be like, you should like Dude. you have. You have it now. You can fucking rub it in my face, boys. I'll eat fucking... I will win the, con- the county fair with that fucking humble pie contest. Mario is the two-time. The two-time two weeks in a row, baby. <laughs> Number one. It's a me, a Mario. Top of the box office. You know, also, breaking in the cash for, like, everybody. Like, I mean, all... Yeah. Like, even though it's a pretty strong box people, office this week, even though yeah, it's down like thirty percent. All the people who were kids when this when the game originally came out are adults with children at this point. It's perfect. I feel like I just I can't conceive like I can only conceive of uh, the middle aged people going to see this movie as let's mm. see what this these Mario's are all about. <laughs> I heard about the video game, but I want to see what this character on the Nintendos is. I remember made a movie about him. <laughs> Our boomer parents being like, "Oh yeah, I remember buying Billy or Chelsea or whatever their first Mario game," and just being like, "Aha, funny Italianophobic, uh, little stereotypical pizza man." Um, you know, I wonder what this is about, and then they're like, "Oh God, this is awful." <laughs> he wants to do what with Princess Peach? Oh. But that's not, they're not compatible. <laughs> yes. I am saying that's, the Mario movie. Uh, that's not a traditional marriage. <laughs> encourages bestiality, um, Italiophobic um, stereotypes, and uh, Koopa side. Yeah, they didn't have the the Jesus on the cross over the kitchen in the movie. Well, we've yeah. got we've got a whole segment at the end of the show to talk about this movie. <laughs> I want to talk about it now, baby. Let's flip the script. $92 million this week for Super Mario Brothers movie, down 36.9%. Opening in 28 theaters? There there were 28 theaters that were like, nah, we'll get it next week. Hold off. <laughs> they were the ones Fuck. that were showing the the um, the Adam, the Abraham movie last week. Yeah. Um, $720 million worldwide already for a Super Mario yeah. Brothers movie. So it's on, <laughs> they were the, on pace to be a billion-dollar movie. I was going to say, they were, they were the ones that were banking on Renfield to being the, the, the big hit. It's <laughs> a Mario movie. It is kind of interesting, though, how um, like you, despite living through Minions Rise of Gru, making $750 million at the box office. Or almost, actually, it was closer to a billion, wasn't it? It was like 900 close, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thought that a much more recognizable IP would do worse. <laughs> I'm not even going to amend my statement, I will say. <laughs> All I'm going to say is that I guess I'm not surprised. You know, how it turned out... Um, it wasn't what I predicted, but I'm not surprised that an Illumination plus Mario uh, would equal dollar signs. I mean, um, Nintendo Nintendo called it from the beginning. When they cast Chris Pratt as, as Mario, they said, he's really cool. <laughs> he's so um, cool. 
it is yeah this is maybe the most marketable single concept ever to be created <laughs> like there are there are you know don draper is creaming his pants over this concept <laughs> right now i'm not gonna lie i feel like this movie was kind of ai written like it kind of it kind of gets to that point where like i'm waiting for the next ai written movie to just like smash everything in the box office oh yeah and win I... Like, it, that might be Barbie, for all we know. Chat GPT wrote Barbie. Won, won the Oscar for Chad Best GP Writer. Chat GPT Tealberg. That's, yeah, that's Super Mario Bros. movie, which we are going to talk about, because, like, we're going to not talk about it. But, in second, our spotlight is The Pope's Exorcist. Starring. How is this? In, how is this the one in second this week? Um, because John Wick Chapter Four had been in theaters for four weeks. Um, nine million dollars for Pope's Exorcist in thirty-one hundred theaters. Uh, it's made thirty-eight million worldwide so far. But more important, official sponsor of WrestleMania. Yes, it sponsored the Hell in the Cell match between Edge and Finn Balor. Oh my God. Russell, Russell Crowe proves. Russell Crowe cut a promo before it. Were, were they banking on all the Christians to be like, oh man, you know, last week was the uh, the holy day and I got a little bit of religious still in the tank, so let's go see the there's, Pope's exorcist. There's been a lot of Christian movies out lately in the top of the box office. Like number 10, which we'll get to, was Nefarious, which was a marketed as a horror movie, but apparently was just like, a Christian movie? It's almost as so, if they felt emboldened to release their movie around a major holiday for that religion. So, but like, after, though, you know? Somebody came up to me at bowling beforehand and mentioned he went to a double feature. I think I think it was a double feature. I, I sure hope so. I don't think he went to the movies, like, twice in a week to go see The Pope's Exorcist and Nefarious. I feel like it was a, a double feature. Um... Mm-hmm. What a, also what a double feature, but apparently <laughs> Nefarious has uh, um, the famous Glenn Beck. Mm. Yes, that's I what know. I heard. He was in that movie. What about his yeah. chalkboard? Did that make an have appearance? You, by the way, have y'all seen Glenn Beck recently? No, is he... <laughs> I. It's weird saying this, but did Mans he, has fallen off. Did he metamorphize? Did he like? He he got the um, he got the I don't know how to call it like. He got the lifesaver beard. You know the he got the powdered donut facial hair. Yeah, yeah. It accents his second chin really nicely, though. Well, um, none of that has to do with Pope's Exorcist. <laughs> well, kinda. <laughs> and um, it is our spotlight. Because Glenn Beck is filled with demons. He that you know what I can't argue that point. <laughs> And we're filled with movie reviews from real the real demons. The real reviewer, the real demons in the IMDb user review section need to be excised, and we bring them to light Although, with the power of our voice. It bears mentioning that there is a new rival, a challenger in the sphere uh, for the power, which is Letterboxd. We could never do this segment with Letterboxd. No, I don't think no, we can. No, we can't, but like, I should mention that Holy shit! That's just—it's just a movie hot take machine, and we love that shit. All right, I'm gonna—I'm gonna look up the Pope's Exorcist on Letterbox and see if I can't find some competing. Just give us a takes. sprinkling, a sprinkling while we go yeah. look over the uh, 
while we get set, ready, and yeah. getting to go. Well, yeah, Pope's Exorcist is looking pretty mid. Uh, 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb. 48% Rotten Tomatoes, 44% Metacritic. Um, but again, none of that shit matters because they're not real people, these these professional reviewers. Have you ever seen someone behind a newspaper? Do you know that they exist for sure? You know that these the people hand, have exist. Have you ever seen a real... Have you ever seen a real person make a movie review? I haven't. No, never. <laughs> Certainly haven't done it like 360 <laughs> times. <laughs> um, yeah, it just doesn't happen. But what does happen no. is people like uh, Ruslan Washir uh, submitting reviews. <laughs> uh, 10 out of 10 review for The Pope's Exorcist. Russell Crowe was terrific. Love the movie. It's witty, dark, enjoyable. I'm not a big fan of horror movies. And this one was just perfect. Definitely more a mystical thriller with religious motives. Left the theater with a smile on my face. I think a sense of humor is what most of the movies lack today. Not Marvel stupid corny jokes, but real witty humor. For me personally, this was one of the major driving forces of the picture. You don't generally see that people laugh several times during a horror movie. Sense of humor, charm, charisma go a long way and you're tasked with playing when you're tasked with playing a priest exorcist. <laughs> it's not what people would expect and it's perfect. One out of two found that helpful. It's a very targeted review. Powerful really resonant out there what'd you find jake give us give a spring uh, you know season us with a couple letterboxed three and a half stars film of the year you'll come <laughs> four stars me when i'm being silly <laughs> two stars let's go to hell Kind of like an MCU movie, but Russell Crowe is Iron Man and the Pope is Nick Fury. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a couple tidbits I thought well, were fantastic. Well, it's like a holy water over your reviews. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, okay. Focus. We'll go with uh. We'll go with Lasers. some of the the IMDb the real users. Somebody decided to write a fucked on for one, so I'm going to skip that and go to this one. Unless some people, unless we get in the comments, unless the live chat really wants me to read this one, then I'll... Yeah, smash that like button or else we won't see. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe donate to Just... Mega Chat or whatever. You know, I can't believe Crow participated in this. I am a very astute movie fan. From horror to Marvel, I've seen mean? them all. The characters have no depth. No time is spent on developing the characters. So you really don't care what happens to them. The special effects are just bad, man. I mean bad. The shaking bed, lights flickering, the possessed individuals, and the story itself. It's all bad. It looks so fake. I mean, it's fake. It is fake. Anyway, but you're looking at a movie. It's supposed to make you believe that it could be possible. I actually couldn't believe it. Multiple periods. I couldn't believe that Russell Crowe, the Academy Award winner, Gladiator Man himself, took part in this garbage. 
he must be low on moolah or something. The Exorcist, the original, is still number one to this day. You could even go with a good werewolf movie such as The Howling, only the first one, of course, or the American Second ones werewolf fall in better. London. <laughs> Your sister's all a werewolf. Of my rec- <laughs> all of my recommendations are a little old, but <laughs> they haven't made anything close to those movies yet. I could go in depth and explain why, but I'll save that for another time. If you haven't seen this movie yet, go ahead, watch it. You have been warned. 12 out of 13 found the helpful. Fair enough. Um, 5 out of 10 review here from Mkwubbukwumja. Yes. 5 out of 10. No vowels anywhere in there. 5 out of 10. The Nun Had a Baby with the Right. 5 stars by default. Uh, everything from the script to the exact phrases to the characters and even the setting is the exact same as every other Vatican exorcist movie ever created. This is basically the right mixed with the little the conjuring the devil made me do it. Absolutely nothing new under the sun. I can agree. Having capital H having Russell Crowe play the exorcist was great, but Anthony Hopkins already nailed that role and he did it better than Crowe could. By default, this can only get a five because you're watching the exact same thing over again. Mocking God, what's your name? Don't address the demon directly. Pray, unclean spirit. I mean, it's all there and all the exact same. The movie takes place in an abbey, like the sh- the name Abigail. Yes, and like right as in not the direction. Right. Um. That's not how, by the way, that's not how you spell Abbey, as in the the, the nunnery building. Anyways, um, takes place in an Abbey which screams the nun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure many Abbeys do. Um, with all that said, it's worth a watch because it's funny at times and is a horror movie about exorcism. If you're a horror fan, I <laughs> horror fan like I am, especially when the Vatican is involved, <laughs> then it's certainly worth a watch. But to rate it more than five stars is ridiculous. Three out of 14. Found that helpful. I'm very unclear on where he stands with Vatican horror movies. Like, he makes several digs at them earlier, and then he's like, I'm a fan of these movies in particular. He said in mixed signals. My guy doesn't have, like, he doesn't have a syllable in his name. (laughs) I don't know how, you know, how, how trustworthy is he? Yeah, like he's he's sending mixed signals, but there's no mixed signals coming from our next reviewer. Uh, Do not come to the cinema depressed, who I believe is a returning feature on the segment. Um, he he either really loves a movie or really hates a movie. Um, umbrella raining raining and the umbrella emoji, lightning emoji, literally perfect in what it does. Nothing more, nothing less. Uh man going to bed emoji <laughs> I'm not sure what that one's supposed to be Snoresville another perfect film from what I saw what is randomly capitalized everything it sets out to do it executes strongly and not weak my eyes were fixed to the screen highlights Number one, Russell Crowe is leading this thing, and he's leading this thing with absolute conviction. Great performance, my man, Russell Crowe. 
Number two. <laughs> the plot has various things in it that are infrastructure of this film, origin of this particular demon, how it possesses people, strengths and weaknesses of the demon, strengths and weaknesses of the humans, the church's hundreds of years history with battling this demon, and overall master plan of this demon. <laughs> Number three. What's it about? <laughs> Various things in it that are infrastructure of this film. Do you need me to read it again? <laughs> yeah, please, from the beginning. Tell Capo, please. Number three. The film has quite intense moments, and then it also has levity to break up the tension, and I thought this was a great element of the film. Number four, that runaway towards the ending was so damn good. End of list. <laughs> the various twists and turns, you really didn't know how it would end. Whether it was a downer ending or a traditional hero win, overall, it was perfect in how and what it actually does. Zero out of one found that helpful. Zero out of zero sense to any of the capitalization. Just words randomly capitalized. Just fucking going for it. But yeah, I definitely, after having read it, I, we've definitely seen this guy before. <clears throat> so... I um I probably should have read this other one, but maybe this is too much church. There's a the first review was uh pretty solid, of a one star, um, but I did. There was one that I'm not gonna read that uh pointed out some Catholic Church stuff, and I was like, cool. They got like some things with a confession wrong. There's exploding naked women, and then they also compared the possession of the demon, how it travels around. They were like, it travels by mouth. Sounds like COVID, anyone? Gee, really, really awesome. <laughs> um, That's, of course. Of course. So, but I'm not going to read that one. Uh, instead, I'm going to read this one, which also brings up the church and makes a, uh, a, maybe a reach. I don't know if it's a reach or if it's a, uh, maybe the movie has uh, some intentions behind what it did and how it was written so entertaining movie until it becomes immoral oh. parentheses really? not what you think in parentheses warning spoilers, i'm not sure what i think <laughs> so spoiler russell crowe is fun <laughs> in the movie moves along quite nicely there's a mystery that must be solved too Wonderful special effects and the game cast round out what should have been a fun, occasionally scary, whatever that means, movie. Unfortunately, dot dot dot, in two different scenes, Father Exorcist discovers truth about the past of the Catholic Church regarding their most infamous uh transgressions. The Spanish Inquisition and the more recent decades-long sexual abuse scandal. And what is the film's conclusion, you ask? That the devil did it. The devil did it all. Not humans. The devil. This film literally vomited all over everyone who ever suffered at the hands of the Catholic Church. Good going. Unfortunately, zero to zero found that helpful. <laughs> Uh, you know, maybe, maybe they were a little politically motivated on that one. I don't know. Could have been. Could have been. I don't know if it's a reach. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a reach. Maybe it's not. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. 
I don't know. I have the Spanish, but nobody ever expects the Spanish Inquisition. It's including it's me. it's truly a surprise every time. Yeah. True. Finally, 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 uh, we got. Well, Jake Jake's just walking off the set here. <laughs> um, we got this five out of ten from Persian Bell, and let me just let me get into character a little bit. <coughs> <coughs> Ah, uh, five out of ten. I fell asleep during a Russell Crowe movie. I have to admit, I went to the theater at the end of my recovery from an illness, and it was late at night, and I was tired, and I'm not in my twenties anymore. But I, but I love Russell Crowe's performance, no matter where, and I can never miss a good horror movie. And I do enjoy exorcism movies. Still, I fell asleep numerous times during the film. And I'm pretty sure I didn't miss much. (coughs) Russell Crowe's foreign accent was not becoming of him, I think. We're used to seeing him in different kinds of roles... The film had far too much in common with The Exorcist to be taken seriously. <laughs> I don't know. I really wanted to like it. I guess I'll rewatch once it's released, and maybe then I'll have a different opinion. But for now, thus is my rating. Sorry, Russell Crowe. Five out of seven found that helpful. Um. Yeah, so... Everyone has to go watch the video version of the show to to see what happened there. I will give you a brief recap. Peter did a voice imitating a woman who perhaps had a deepened voice due to years of chain smoking. Uh, And to sell this illusion, he had a pen tucked into his hand as if it were a cigarette. And in the middle of that, he took a drag off his pen cigarette and coughed into his microphone for all of you to hear. <laughs> but not you. see, because if you're listening to the audio version of the show, you'd have no concept of what were happening. So that, does, does, is, that is that strike 2.5, Kurt? <laughs> we're going we're gonna to have Zeno's errors do, here. Do I cancel it out by getting up to go uh, do a line of that was That was a whole nother thing here. We, have, we had Jake walking off the set. I'm losing control of the shit. The wheels are coming off. No, no audio listener would have known. Metaphors are getting mixed. <laughs> Cats and dogs audio living listen- together. Look, I may the not be the brightest be crayon in, in the knife drawer. <laughs> oh my god. I'm definitely not go the brightest a... bulb in the shed. <laughs> you can't go do a bump of coke in the bathroom alone in some peace and privacy. What? I thought this was America, you... man. I wanna... Jake, what? which Disney character do you have on your coke spoon? <laughs> what? <laughs> You know, it's it's all the rage. You need like a cool marketable oh, you know, you want like maybe or maybe like the um the gangster uh Tweety Bird, right? You have like the Tweety Bird with the baggy pants and the arms crossed. Guess again. It's sassy Tinkerbell. Oh shit. Cause this little lost boy 
ain't ever growing up. I hear you get a free I you get a free pair of leopard print pajama pants when you when you buy that one. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's great for wearing double exclusively as in public. Mm-hmm. They double as workout pants even though I never work out. But I like how they stretch gym. so I can drink as much wine as I want and they're just gonna go. <laughs> they're just gonna they go right with there with you. me. <laughs> it, as my <laughs> like it's it's its own fashion statement. Like you wear that and you wear you have the Tweety Bird shirt and you have or like you said, the sassy Tinkerbell and you have the green the neon green flip flops. Dude I you're missing you're missing the greatest fit ever, which is the the like giant oversized wolf head t-shirt and then the nascar m&m leather jacket to go over top that oh that's bold ah shit that's real cool i think it needs i think you need, you need a to fanny pack emblazoned with like a local like a local bowling alley Right, like the logo, the logo from the like the the local lanes. No, no, no. It's got to be like a giveaway at the racetrack, like horse racing or no dog racing. <laughs> no, it's got. It should be actual racing, like it the the jacket and the fanny pack match, but have nothing to do with the t shirt. Do I hate this? I'm. I looked up on Google Images like. Eminem NASCAR jacket, like hoping I'd find some memes of dude. There's an Eminem car, so there's gonna be an Eminem car NASCAR. There are so many people who are modeling it that look good in it, and I hate it (laughs) (laughs) because these are not the people that wear it. All right, okay. Let me see. Oh shit! Yeah, that's like they're styling it. No, it needs to be with like a Budweiser shirt and like a nice cool Budweiser. A federal booby inspector hat, you know? It's FBI. You're supposed to wear Crocs, not Yeezys with these, not high tops. Come on. Yeah, like what the fuck? I thought this I was is, get memes. This is unsettling. I got, these I just got these high fashion models with future. I have to fucking yeah, question my reality now. Like this is <clears throat> Alright, maybe Twitter has it. Maybe Twitter memes have me backed up come on no she's not even like trashy that's a little little trashier but still looks okay i may have to buy myself a tacky like a super tacky racing jacket i don't know see uh, then again i i wouldn't be able to pull this off okay focusing back here to the box office no i want to talk more about (laughs) streetwear fits i gotta (laughs) go to bed at some point it's eight thirty. <laughs> the sun just set. We have John Wick Chapter Four is in third with eight. Speaking of the sun <laughs> setting, yeah, John who Wick? told it could set this late? Isn't it crazy? How I was gonna say John Wick and... stayed up all night, and he look at what happened to him. He's all right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he got to die. Oh. He didn't have to go to work in the next morning. That's true. Uh, That's true. Bailed out a buddy. 8.04. Right. Um, yeah. Down 44%. Renfield 352 yeah. million worldwide. Yes, Renfield in fourth. Opening, 8.026 million. 
we're probably gonna see that at some point just because of the Nicolas Cage factor. Yeah, I I I, I I'm a Cage guy. I go I go support my man's. Uh, twelve cage fighter. Twelve point three. Yes, I'm a cage fighter. Twelve point three million dollars worldwide for Renfield. So not, not looking so hot for a boy. But hey, doesn't mean You've it can't worse. be. I've seen much worse. <laughs> Recently, I've seen uh, much worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Air seven point eight million dollars for fifth place. Down two spots. You. You could say it's it's falling. I could. I could do that. But you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to tell you that it's made $56.7 million worldwide to date. Dungeons & Dragons Honor Amongst Thieves. Or Among Thieves. I suppose I should say the title properly. $7.5 million. Um... It's made a tidy $160 million, but uh, considering it was a $150 million budget, <laughs> it's not the best. Yeah. Maybe if she if she didn't have to, if she didn't wild shape into an owlbear, it would have made more money. <laughs> that's, that's probably what brought the whole movie down. Yeah. They had to change the uh, rules. Sues me. It's wild that they do that. me. Yeah, speaking of shape, yeah, he wild shapes into a chair. <laughs> the, oh, yeah, this is the chair. This is this, this is, is the, the chair, chair boy. <laughs> this is chairman the anime. This is someone's um, erotic fucking fan fiction. <laughs> we're gonna find this on the. Um, one of those one of those dojin sites, you know. I've never been there. Wouldn't Kurt, know. you were just saying how much you loved uh anime and how, you know, inspiring it was. Yeah. I'm sure this movie movie totally deserved to make 150 million dollars in Japan. Uh a modern action adventure road story where a 17-year-old girl named Suzume Helps a mysterious young man close doors from the other side that are releasing disasters all over Japan. Are we sure this is about the dude who turns into a chair? Confident. Absolutely 100%. It's like Beauty and the Beast. Fuck anime, man. But it's Daisy and the Davenport. (laughs) I can't. I can't. We're just going to... We're just going to move on. Steep drop from, from 7th to 8th year with Mafia Mama opening up to a tidy $2 million in 2002 theaters. Thank you, Bleaker Street Media, for producing Mafia Mama. $82,000 international. Or is it playing like just in Ontario, uh, just in like Toronto? No, it's playing in, in uh, Venice. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. All the Italians are watching this with rapt attention. Um, yeah, that's, Scream 6. That's what Jake's doing right now instead of He's participating the in the show. I'm I'm trying to scour Reddit to see if there are any NASCAR jacket memes. <laughs> but apparently all the people in Manitoba County get their 
There's people wear them, like half of them wear in Manitoba County. They're looking for. Jake is going just as fast as any NASCAR driver. <laughs> He's keeping pace. Uh, I was also trying to see when we got down to Nefarious to see if there are any funny uh, letterboxed reviews. Oh, of, yeah. Uh, Nefarious. Nefarious. Uh, well, we're almost there but... with uh, Scream 6, which is they're they're pulling out. They're pulling the knife out. They're getting out of here with um, only 14, 15 million this week. But, you know, what the hell? Looking at that total, um, international total out here of... Um, Peter, Peter, how much money did this worldwide? make this week? 167 million. No, this week. How much did you say? Uh, fifth one. Oh, I said fifteen million. One point five million decimals. <laughs> I I know them. They're this, and I know that they are at the other end of the number <laughs> than the commas. <laughs> they blend in like some kind of comma chameleon. Comma comma. They do, don't they? Isn't don't they use that in lieu of decimal places in in many countries? They do. Yeah. It's the European way. Yeah, they swap them. That's not confusing at all. No, sir. It's it's um, the almost nefarious that they do that. Yeah, <gasps> nefarious. Yeah, starting out in tenth, um, with what might have been a cool premise, but oh boy, just didn't um. So, so Lee Dio Gloria releasing. Um, I think people probably should have seen that this was a uh, a religious movie a little bit sooner. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a lot of funny shit. Well, not a lot. It's a lot of like people just hating on the right on on Letterbox, but it's just like, yeah, Christian pro lifers watching this movie, being like, rock on, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, you were in the top ten, Nefarious. You did it with 1.3 million. Oh. On the day of his scheduled stuff. execution, a convicted serial killer gets a psychiatric evaluation during which he claims he is a demon and further claims that before their time is over, the psychiatrist will commit three murders of his own. That's like a cool premise. Almost. Somebody said... Shame, shame the movie sucked, I guess. Somebody said, how did no one realize how ironic it is that the actual canonical demon in the movie is the one to spout the right-wing rhetoric? Like, he's the one that literally tells the main character that abortion is murder, and then the main character is like, damn, you're so right. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like me for real. That's how they see themselves, huh? I guess. I don't know. Is it is it a weird projection? If the I shoe fits, I guess. Um anyway, I guess we're done if talking the demon about fits wear it. I think we're done talking about yeah. that and we can talk about gaming news Mario from around the <laughs> globe. You were close, Jake. <laughs> Sorry, I've been off for a week. Mar- Mario is a game. Yes. <laughs> yeah, man, right? Mm. Is he trending? No. no. Oh, is PC Gamer fixed? I remember last time I was here, my PC Gamer was broken. It was... Uh, Just yours personally? It wouldn't go onto the... Yeah, it wouldn't go onto the second tab of news. I was stuck on perpetually news that came in the past 13 hours. Well, 
Um, I've got an interesting little story from Rich Stanton of PC Gamer um, talking about uh, the canceled Star Wars Battlefront 3. That would have been a, a sequel releasing in 2008 to uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2 for six-gen consoles. Um, it was being developed by Free Radical, who were a studio comprised of ex-rare devs best known for the Time Splitter series, um, which were excellent games in the sixth generation of okay. consoles. Um, they were also almost as well known for the disastrous flop of PlayStation 3 exclusive Haze, which... Uh, has a very interesting development history you can read up about or watch uh, Matt McMuscle's What Happened on it. Um, Free Radical went bankrupt shortly after releasing Haze, but uh, the death blow probably came with the cancellation of Star Wars Battlefront 3, which was an ambitious game intending to mix on-ground strategy with spacefaring dogfights simultaneously. Uh, with objectives that affected both. So kind of like taking the space battle, ground battle concept from the second game and connecting them. Um, Sounds intense. Yeah. Uh, Free Radical was several years into development when it decided the project needed to be delayed. And they went to LucasArts and discovered that LucasArts would rather cancel the game and cut its losses. And now some years later, we have... A comments from Naughty Dog's head uh, or head of something at Naughty Dog. Where, where is it? I'm... Some kind of naughty head dog. Free Radical 7 cuts losses, especially cancellation. Two years from the finish line um, at the time of cancellation. One of the former developers said it was an absolute crime. It was gone on to Michael Barclay, who was a junior designer at Free Radical at the time and is now lead designer at Naughty Dog. Uh, credited the game, credited on games including Last of Us, uh, Last of Us Part Two, Uncharted Lost Legacy, yada yada. Uh, said, I, mm-hmm. and I quote, I feel like it's been long enough now to come out and say Star Wars Battlefront 3 was going to be legit incredible, and the fact it got canceled two yards from the finish line is an absolute crime. Gamers don't know what they were robbed of. Um, and there is... Totally sick, bro. And there is uh, leaked footage. I don't know if this surfaced recently, and that's why uh, this is in the news, or he just tweeted randomly, but there is some... Internal real footage of the game. That's not what I wanted to click. I will drop the link in the chizat, and it does look pretty dang good. Um, a lot of similar. And it looks unfinished. Obviously, it's unfinished as fuck. But mm-hmm. <laughs> um, a lot of the concepts you they show, you know, looked very promising, and they've had enough to cut together seven minutes of demo reel here and yeah like i i always wondered why there wasn't a star wars battlefront three um yeah i mean especially trilogies were super popular at that time too you know yeah and like i you figured the first two were very successful and they would make a third one i know pandemic got which was the studio that made the first two battlefronts and also the mercenary series you know they got bought by ea and made the saboteur which flopped and then they shut down (laughs) the studio 
Whoops. Um, because that's what EA does. Um, yeah. So I would have. I would have been surprised to uh, see that Free Radical took over the development, but um, yeah, it sounds he's very adamant about this, and he's he's made a lot of good games. And the the uh, like some of this internal trailer looks pretty sexy, like the uh, the like mid air battles in Coruscant airspace. Yeah, and just the the overall polish of it uh, is really really pretty something and the cutscenes would have been a new thing for battlefront series so this kind of looks like in a lot of ways the marriage between the modern star wars battlefront series and the classic star wars battlefront series and i think that would have been uh, a really nice happy medium to hit for everyone yeah because wasn't one of the complaints about the the modern battlefront uh duology i guess at this point that um like the air battles almost had nothing to do with the ground battles like yes in theory they were connected but they didn't you know if you were a trooper on the ground you really didn't feel you know it was hard it would be yeah. hard for air units to uh <laughs> to cause you problems i feel it was kind of like i mean it is kind of what the game was right it's battlefield in a Star Wars skin for the most part. Like it it has very similar gameplay characteristics to Dice's Battlefield series because it runs on the same engine and is made by the same studio. Um I don't know that the major criticism I remember of Star Wars Battlefront, the most recent ones, is that well, the first one had no like campaign. I think it might have been multiplayer only. Yes. Which people were upset and about. There, there were all the obvious complaints about loot boxes and... Yeah, the microtransactions, uh, star cards. I remember being very controversial for a while. Yep. Um, yeah, that that's what I remember most being criticized about. Although I have heard recently... Uh, well, not that recently now, but I've heard it in, at some point in the fairly recent past, the game actually reached a state where it's pretty enjoyable well it's good to hear at least but yeah it's it's a real we always hate to hear about a canceled game especially one in a series that you really enjoyed as a kid and actually i was playing some classic battlefront one on my my xbox the other day just had a hankering <laughs> just good it's a it's a snack game's Munch it up, snacking. Um, speaking of games we like, <laughs> as you know, I only know of three. I, there's like I only know of like five games maximum. <laughs> My brain is too small for more games. Um, so bully for me when I got news on this latest. I actually caught it in the latest Nintendo Indie World Direct video thing. Um. <laughs> I, I, it was, it was No Man's Sky last week. So what is it this week, Kurt? Bomb Rush Cyberpunk. Hell yeah! Um, there was a story trailer in Japanese that dropped, not one in English, just just the Japanese one. But the the there was an English trailer for the release date. The game has an actual, honest to god, fucking release date. Woo! Now, um, it is August eighteenth. And it is, it's looking hype. 
I'm I, I'm as hype as ever. Thing looks great. Wait. More you know more tracks have been kind of filtering through on these trailers. Um, I can I can I can actually play it. It's a thing I'll be able to play by the end of the year. Yeah, I'm excited for you. I'm I'm actually I'm interested in myself in this game. Um, I just haven't been comically so as Peter has. <laughs> just magnetized to it um, um so yeah i'll I'm also throw a happy. quick one advanced wars one and two coming out tomorrow for the switch yeah those are those, those was, wait are, is that like uh it's not a virtual console it's nso like oh it's just they're they're trying to sell you it for 30 bucks again <laughs> i don't even know um if how much they're selling let's see um Advance Wars Switch price. Um. Oh god. All right. Yeah. Okay. Maybe fuck that. It's sixty bucks. Yeah. One and two. Maybe I'll just go back and play the uh, the original ones because it's it's all it's an art. I think their main thing is just it's in our blah blah blah. It's an all new art style. Mm-hmm. But I think that's like that's it, which I, yeah, I was not expecting that to be sixty bucks. <laughs> All right, but uh, Nintendo will do it. Yep, that, that's the problem. That's why I love the Steam Deck so much. It's all the like portability of the Switch, but like games are actually affordable. <laughs> like they're they're not sixty dollars and stay sixty dollars for eight years. They go on sale. Oh. I'm now I'm now a big advocate for uh, piracy as games continue to get more expensive. <laughs> Same with uh, you know, taxing my my shipping routes. Big advocate for actual like seafaring piracy. Make, y- yes. Where are you going with this, Jake? Like no, Dead no, Island. <laughs> Uh, no, <laughs> Which piracy is... in general. Just go do You're it. You're giving him oh. a lot of credit if you thought that was a segue. <laughs> okay. No, it wasn't a segue. <laughs> I thought he was about to talk <laughs> about some kind of like sea of like sea of thieves or some shit. No, no, I don't. I don't have many much gaming news. The only thing I have is um, uh, I don't know. Fucking Twitter blue check marks are finally gone. Like... And and the crowd goes mild. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what happens on Twitter. You're gonna, anymore. we're gonna see another, we're gonna see another bout of like people who aren't who they are, popping up and being like, uh, "Insulin is now free." This and like, this would imply that people are coming back to Twitter, which I don't think is gonna happen now. Um, yeah, I don't know what their numbers. The, the are doing. news outlets are leaving it. <laughs> the big businesses well, that are was, starting to leave. The it. one thing was, um, so they they decided to do legacy check marks for like published or verified uh sources like newspaper outlets and whatever but elon decided not to give the new york times one because he did not think they were a legitimate company his reasoning was because they posted too many boring stories they also labeled npr as state-sponsored media so that's just typical typical brunkle musk shenanigans but yeah, it was interesting. Uh, everybody's everybody's back on Twitter just to claim that they just to say, "Hey, I don't have a 
a thing anymore. But now you can see the ones that do have the blue check mark and make fun of them, knowing they actually paid for it. And that isn't that so, isn't that really the goal we should have as a society? Yeah, I think that is is like put down your fellow man for paying that eight dollars, uh, and simping to Daddy Musk, Elon Musk, or or trying to get their you know social media more attention. You know how selfish of them. Um, I I don't know. Um, what about this other? This is might be gaming news or this might be fake news. <laughs> I don't know. So so take this with a fucking grain of salt, but. Somebody posted a video of the first early gameplay trailer for Unrecord, the body cam FPS uh, shooter. Yeah, FPS game. Okay. It's only a matter of time. So what makes it special? The problem with it is the trailer really... uh, This cannot be the entire game because I feel like it'd be too jarring, too annoying to play. Is ultra realistic to the point where it just seems like in the trailer they just superimpose shit i'm um, i mean i'm looking at it now yeah they they put they have the uh some good filters on the can, on the screen there yeah. that really sell it as like footage i can you can still tell yeah. it's a game after you know being told it's a game it's right on that border for sure it's real um, uncanny valley when the action starts stuff. going then yeah that does look like a game but when you're just like kind of meandering and walking around yeah i mean that's that's pretty impressive graphically i'm not gonna lie but it just kind of uh, uh it's, it's kind of getting to the point where it's like and somebody brought this up um when, when is it too far when is it like especially when you're shooting somebody and you're seeing that violence and that the gore it's like your your mind's gonna start telling you what's the you're highest, watching um, a dead body in front of you yeah what's the highest dsrb rating ao okay adult yeah adult only yeah i feel like yeah this might this might be one of those ones that get that'll get an ao um yeah i mean right now i'll say you know and and also with the caveat of graphics are they get you're gonna get diminishing returns here um but at least right now, yeah, it looks it's it it does feel very very real. Um, I just I I always think of like are the graph every time some article goes are the graphics too real? And then you you see you hit the slider three years later. You're like, what are they talking about? Yeah, yeah. Um, this this is to the point where like it's it's finally past the uncanny valley to where it's like, oh yeah, that doesn't look real enough. It's just on that edge where my mind is telling me it's fake, so I'm okay with what I'm seeing. But it's it's like my fight or flight instinct is not going off. But this one, I actually had a question: Is that actual body cam footage that they're saying is a game some some assets look more realistic than others? Because like it could be just artifacts in the video that we're seeing that make it look kind of no. I mean, like the the truck looks like. Uh, a video game model. Yeah. Um, I think the thing that sells it is the comments say, and you see it towards the end of the trailer, um, is that like, it's a lot of it's the light and exposure, you know, the way the, the light comes is coming into the, the warehouse in which the trailer set. 
Yeah, this is this. If this game oh, supports yeah, ray tracing, to... that's a pretty apropos. Yeah, the, use I guess of the that. question is, like, yes, the game can look this good. Oh shit! Melt. That's right. This is on Unreal Five. Okay. This is what Unreal say, Five looks your... like. A lot of games are gonna look like this. <laughs> Unreal Five. This time it's real. <laughs> Um, it's kind of real. Will this melt your graphics card in the process, though? I guess is the question. Um, I don't know. I haven't played anything that's built on Unreal Five yet. Um, I know the the like city demo needed some some horsepower to run at higher resolutions with with the settings turned up. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if that these devs are gonna take the time to further optimize it from there, but. Uh yeah, it it's an interesting it's an interesting concept for a game. Um I'm sure there's going to be controversy around this like there was controversy around Postal. Um yeah. People are going to going to think it's in poor taste and whatnot. Uh, I don't I don't know that I have a strong opinion on it. I don't think I personally would play it. Um, largely because I don't like the vignetting around the uh, the main camera, but yeah, I I don't I don't necessarily think it's problematic. Yeah, I I, I think you're on point there. Where this is, where you say like this is gonna be this is gonna controversy in the same way that Postal or GTA does, um, which is to say some. And it'll kind of be one of those ones that sits in the more, uh, you know, prudish uh, people's conscience for a while. But everyone else will kind of be like, oh, yeah, that was the game that looked like really real and stuff. Do you, do you think that'll hinder, um, like, development of games going forward if they if they get a AO rating? Or if they if somebody ever eventually cracks down saying this is too real? Like, Call of Duty's big on... Uh, you know, mass scale violence in a certain way, and like, if they showed something like this that was gameplay footage and the game was like that, and you're just straight up going to people, especially if it's online, or constantly going up against other people, just so, slicing and dicing. Well, I mean, shooting and booting. They're, I'm, they at the end of the day, they have to like program in a certain level of gore. And design yeah. our assets for that. So, like, as long as they don't go too overboard with it, I don't and think that's going to be an issue. The other thing is, there's a, there's an economic disincentive for making your game AO. Yeah. The same way that making your game yeah. NC seven, making your movie NC seventeen, is a risky maneuver because you know theaters aren't going to want to sell that. And well, they people they can't yeah, legally want to see it. Yeah, they yeah. go to like a porno so, theater. <laughs> so so then do they have to? Just simply scale down the gore. Is that the, that's just the, the the hard line where showing blood is not because this footage that they showed, the one saving factor was the fact that there wasn't a whole lot of blood shown, like the 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 faces were blurred for the people that the guy was shooting, and it didn't seem like mm-hmm. there was a ton of blood that was like no blood splatter or whatever. They just kind of like took the bullet and fell down, whatever, uh, and they did kind of ragdoll a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you do also notice that. There was very little particle or debris or liquid simulations in this. Yeah. Um, 
that might be that might be a real challenge for the for the engine. Who knows? Or the Which, developers. Maybe that's a yeah. Maybe that's a saving grace. Is that you know? Hey, we'll just not program gore into our game and have like blood splatter be a thing which maybe moving forward that's not going to be like hey my game's not realistic enough i need this or else mm. i'm not like playing it it's maybe it's a good thing that we kind of censor some of the more gore as games start to look like well, real life because i think we're already at a we've been at a point for a while where you can do some pretty like disturbing simulations of violence uh with with the tools we've had and the industry, you know, polices itself in that regard. If so, if a game were to get an AO rating, I mean, the ESRB, as I understand it, the ESRB, much like the MPAA, will tell you what your rating is and give you like notes on what they objected to that led to this rating, and then you then can go back and make the necessary changes to get a lower rating. That's what happened with yeah, but games. With uh, San Andreas. But games have been stylized in a way to where they're not as realistic to be able to show that. Like, Doom is a good example where nobody's questioning Doom looks like real life because it just, one, it's stylized not in that way. You mean that Caco Demon is fake? Yeah. And it's just, it doesn't trigger that, oh my god, is this like footage from like an actual base on Mars? It's yeah. still got that like, soft. I don't know what it Spec is. Spec Ops like The Line in Unreal Five, that would be a fucking trip. That'd be cool, but like I and like I don't feel like this is like it looks really photorealistic in the way that Unreal 5's other stuff looks photorealistic, but it still is discernibly not real. Like some of the textures don't react with the lighting properly there's you know a, a real drop in poly count on some assets in there like it's it's visibly a game now but, on the one that's on the one hand on the other hand i'll say this um is that um i think that that will help you know alleviate those potential problems but on the other hand you have a whole thing which movies don't have which is the the ability for distribution by indie developers and that's that's one of the questions that this will come down to is how easy is unreal 5 to develop or use mm-hmm. develop for or use because um yes i mean there are some you know if you're if you have a really high quality monitor and you have you know you can get those details um you can kind of you can see past it with those are those could be alleviated with uh, visual tricks and you know classic um, uh, visual sort of uh, techniques and effects to to help kind of blur that line. But, Mason, but what I'm thinking of is someone who's like like a Toby Fox, who's who instead of being charming and eccentric is just unhinged and makes like a like a horror game like a snuff film that you can play. And like if if a you know when a snuff when someone makes a real snuff film that it gets like xeroxed onto like tapes and there's like five copies going around and then the and then like the cops <laughs> they uh hunt it down but like you might just come across that on fucking uh i uh, itchio well i i mean if it's if it's something in that i gotta imagine that stores are gonna 
not carry it on principle and you'd have to distribute it via back channel methods and its reach is going to be limited to the people who would have found that sort of thing anyway. I feel like this is one of those instances where the market's going to police itself pretty well. Like, I, I, I think that's, yeah, that's going to be end goal. But in the process, um, those who get mastery over this are going to make some wild shit. Yeah. And I'm, I'm here to spectate on that. I, we, should, we should not fear advances in technology. No, sir. I want to see. I I want the. I want someone to make their do the Skyrim or Morrowind remaster in this. Well, I want them to finish the Morrowind remaster in Skyrim before they start working on anything in Unreal Five. Yeah. Uh, or remake Mario <laughs> in Unreal Five. I think someone did that. I think they did the first level of Mario sixty four in Unreal Five, or maybe it was Unreal Four. Let me see. Um, Mar- I'm looking at that other there are other videos on that uh, channel, um, or on that Twitter page for the game Unrecord. There's just different uh, yeah. different. Um, they might they might discuss some certain things, but they kind of move the camera around to show you that it's a uh, it is it is like a game that they're that they're doing. Yeah. They're just this is a. It's pretty wild. Some of the some of the early scenes, when you do get up close to certain things, you can see mm-hmm. textures, but far away, where lighting is not as um, crucial. Yeah, it's impressive, and we should celebrate how impressive it looks. For- oh, I, I I know. I'm not I'm not saying. Don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not saying like it's a bad thing. I'm I'm just saying at what point is it too much, and at what point do we need to dial things back before it like actually could give people like maybe trauma or something like that. I don't know. I've never seen anything like this. Never seen something this realistic. Um, and like how much is too much? I guess. The, I feel like this has been said at many points along the video game history. This discussion has been had. I, and Kurt, I did find that uh super Mario RTX and they, it is, it is, it looks, yeah, it looks unreal five, but like it also uh, looks like an, like a one man unreal project. <laughs> I, I get that it's been said, but like, it's been said about games that were clearly just like violent and like kind of close. You could still have that separation. We are now to the point where, you know, with AI especially and mocap where it is to this point, it's like, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna start. There, the Twitter is ablaze with people thinking this was fucking, you know, found footage. Hmm. Like people are literally debating, and people may is have Twitter the barometer of our video. society. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it's a fuck ton of people. It has seventeen point one million views, and you have a lot of engagement saying people literally questioning to the point where they had to like clarify, no, this is not real. This is not real footage. This is also gameplay footage, not pre rendered. So this is the stuff that you're gonna have in your game, and it's it it. It is a discourse that that people are having, and people in the community are also speaking up and and having similar concerns. That's why I raised the question, because I'm like, okay, this is the first time where I think that question has validity. Mm -hmm. At what point is it too far 
where you need to maybe start policing it more or just it leave be. it up to parents. And it's, like, it has to be up to, to the not... individual because, like, you know, if it, I don't know how you personally feel, but all these people feel that, you know, this might be the bridge too far. I don't feel that way. So, like, it's not a universal thing. And, like, who who's to say it? I think this is something where, like, if it gets to that point and people are uncomfortable with it, people won't buy it and it won't be a viable product. Yeah. And I'll, I'll state the obvious here. Very obvious. Um, you know, the point is it'll come right after you get, uh, get the porn of it, get the porn game on there. (laughs) Oh, unreal, unreal five porn. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that, and someone, and here's what will happen: someone will fucking do a deep fake onto the Unreal Five porn game of some celebrity, and that shit will fucking go viral. That's that. Yeah, that's where right. I mean. I think it's yeah, like do not paying enough attention towards. They'll put a VR onto like the fucking Kim Kardashian tape. Yeah, I mean, people freaked out over a streamer just like having it in his background and there were other streamers on the website and that guy got so much flack and was, you know, had to put out an apology video and, and it, it did cause real people, real distress. I, I mean, until you start making it of like politicians, nothing's ever going to change like legally wise because yeah. it's like, it technically falls under like only two States revenge porn laws. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, I um, laws weird, weird sometimes. Well, we'll, I guess it's a kind of an unsatisfying answer, but I guess the answer is we'll see it when we when we get to it, and it it's gonna be pretty uh, unequivocal, I think. Whatever whatever trips that trips over that line, um, but I don't think it's going to be Super Mario. Probably not. Hopefully not, because he's as evidenced by this movie, he is for the children. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I kind of expected it to be a kids movie, but or a, a family movie. Um, but you know, you can have a family movie that has stuff for adults and older people. The parents that and like we've reviewed a bunch of movies that have done this very well. Paddington one and Paddington two. We've sung the praises of that. There's a relatable. There's a character going for a relatable arc for any person that's watching that movie. And uh, Mitchell's versus the Machines was also a very good family movie, and that there was there was a little something for everyone to take away and enjoy from that, and they're just really well made movies. And on the other hand, you have Illuminations formula, which is very basic plot, uh, some licensed pop music, uh, a lot of bright colors flashing in front of you. At any given time, and it, and moving it along quick, so you don't have time to to cute think too little, much about it. And cute little mascot characters. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This very was this. I I guess that's the easiest way to describe it is, um, Super Mario Bros. was an Illumination production, and Nintendo of Japan, I'm sure, was very happy. I'm sure they're very pleased with the just, money it's making. Even before the the numbers rolled in, they're like, good. This is on brand for Mario, for me, for uh, I guess widest appeal Mario. Because there's there's some Marios that are a little 
little less um, broad because like this is like the new Super Mario Bros. Mario where it's just like the most milk toast, you know, um, no bumps, no, you know, no uh, chance of offending or any any um, <laughs> uneven uh, parts. It's just all the way through. This is a generic Mario game, right? But then you have stuff like um, thousand, you know, Paper Mario, Thousand Year Door, and um, Super Mario, Super Mario or, RPGs, yeah. right? Or Superstar Saga, that like, sort of thing. Yeah, it's funny you said the most inoffensive, but what I was the most intrigued about this movie was the um, the backlash that it did and did not get from the same side mm-hmm. about conversing opinions, which very funny saga to, to see upon release. Um, yeah. Uh, Mario, Mario movie too woke, but also not woke at all. Uh, at the same time, it's just uh, people hitching on popular media for political, you know, hangers on. Meanwhile, Mario movie go woke, go broke. Also, <laughs> It broke the box office. Um. <laughs> that should have been my take before they came out. Mario, yeah, Mario, Mario woke is gonna go Mario bro. He's gonna run That's out the of funny, coins. It's, the, it's so fucking funny to see people fight on like the same side about if it was woke or not. And it's like, shut the fuck up. It's I Mario, mean, man. Like it's Mario. To to the the commonly used now definition of woke. I suppose it would be, but it's... Uh, well, you know, the way it's used quite often is, like, woke is just a replacement for gay or black or, like, any, like, progressive ideology. Yeah, it's... And it's, like, it's not. It's not at all. Like, what, what is woke about it? What the fuck is woke about the uh, Princess Peach. I could see it Being argue a person? that. Being a person? I'm just it's a major change for the character. That's <laughs> how she still needed saving though. Not really. Like the Mushroom Kingdom did. I mean, she's still like Mario still like needed to come save her. Like that's what at least he thought and and, and Well, like, no, he yeah, was going sure, to save Luigi. Out of that pickle. Well, yeah. She she never needed to Luigi. be saved. She was demonstrably the most capable character throughout the entire movie. Uh, they literally say Mario's not important, and that's pretty much how he comes across in the movie. This um, the only thing the only thing I have to really say about Peach, um, is is I just it just made me think of Shrek. Shrek and there is a moment where I was like, this feels a lot like Shrek, where the main character who's been kind of outcast from his normal world, which is, I mean, a common trope in everything, um, meets with the the uh, feisty, self-rescuing princess um, and the the singing, dancing, annoying sidekick character voiced by a comedian go on their, their montage uh, adventure to go uh, save the kingdom. Yeah. I was like, this... While, while pop music plays over top, I was like, yeah. "This feels very Shrek." Yeah, the, the I mean, the only thing like woke about the Princess Peach thing is like it's only woke for like nineteen fifties, nineteen sixties era, where like you're still living in like Snow White, Cinderella, or your like main character, female 
main actors. Look, I'm not saying characters. I think that. I'm just it's, saying that these people would make that claim. Yeah. I mean, the other thing was, I guess the um, they were saying a lot of the uh, contention was around Mario kind of being, uh, I wouldn't say pushover a little bit, but like also just getting his ass beat a lot, which somebody put it in a diff- different perspective. It's like the director um, was making you watch a movie that felt like you were playing a Mario game for the first time. So you're not as good at first, but the more you watch it or play it, the better you get along the way and the more that's a, skilled you get. I hope the they stretch before they reached yeah. for that one. Why Why is that a fucking reach? He's learning how the mechanics of the world work. Learning. I, how I would not say skill. this movie Literally is structured to make you feel like you're playing a Mario game. Okay, you sit some fucking raggedy ass bitch down in a seat and hand them a goddamn paddle and you say play World 1-1. See how many times they die to that first Goomba By that metric, until they realize... Every Marvel movie is structured like a Mario game. Yeah, like... <laughs> Any any movie where a character goes through an improvement arc. I will say, though, that, I mean, there was the training montage, which very explicitly was, like, here, he's he's playing the Mario. And they do that a couple yeah. times with a bunch of scenes. And I won't, I will not argue there. That was intentional, yeah. and that worked that worked fine. Yeah, it's it's a fine it way to incorporate a classic Mario, like, level design into the movie. Counterpoint: mm-hmm. There were a lot of montages in this movie. Far too oh, many. Yeah. This is Montage City, and that kind of leads into one of the one of the, the the real complaints I have about it is they they worked very hard to kind of push this into ninety minutes, and it feels like it's going very fast. Yeah, I feel like this was a two-hour movie on release, and the studio said kids aren't going. Children are going to watch yeah. this. They're gonna shit their pants before two hours. Even like, though all the, the parents are taking them right to the bathroom. all the reviews I hear from families are them like my kids were like glued. They could not take their eyes off, and they wanted to watch it like five more times as soon as we left the theater. That's like what I hear from any whenever these discussions come up in the families. Like dads and moms will talk about it like that. So the, they could have made I mean, it the, two hours, and they could have stretched out some of the. Some of the character moments that felt like they had about two lines of dialogue to resolve um, character arcs. I I think that's what kind of killed it. A part of me for it was, was, and yes, I know it's for kids. It's not supposed to be like you're supposed to kind of laugh it off at a lot of certain lines. But one of the things you said was like when, when Peach said, oh, Mar, he doesn't, he doesn't matter. Mario doesn't matter. It, you know, all right, for that point in the movie, yeah, he didn't matter but it would have been much better if you developed them more to where he did matter and then your main character doesn't feel like a nothing burger like it doesn't have to be like everything where he drowns out peach and luigi and everything else and toad bowser but he can at least be something yeah and to be fair he does win uh, you know the conflicts in the movie like he does beat donkey kong he does beat bowser in the end yeah um he gets there um we should say though that the <laughs> a lot of this movie he just and, takes his beating. and uh <laughs> you know the internet's biggest donkey kong stan video game donkey um <laughs> did mention this in his review um and i you know that's true that a lot of this movie is taken up by the kong army arc 
which is then rendered null yeah. in the next in the following scene. I I hate I hate when movies do this where they set up something so big and then just render it useless and it like there's there's literally a, a thing that I complained about that to Chris in, in the uh, Mandalorian finale that they rendered the the what 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 does it be the penultimate episode okay uh yeah second to last episode ending great left you on the edge of your seats. And then rendered immediately dumb and uh, inconsequential in the beginning of feels the like movie. modern Star Wars. And yeah. it's like, see, that's yeah. I'm glad you so, told me that. They, they do that I, ha- I actually haven't seen those two episodes yet. Um, so oh, I'm, no, I, that's, I'm well, behind. It took I'm, me I'm honestly, so long care. to get through episode three. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's whatever it and. Well, this isn't about Mandalorian, but um, we can make it about the, Mandalorian for yeah, five they, seconds. They they like render the Kong army just they just uh, out of they, sheer coincidence too. They're just like ah yeah you know Bowser's got a oh we know about their secret passage. Too. Here come the Mad Max Koopas. Like mm-hmm. nothing fucking made sense. No, it just scenes. it. Nothing was explained. Nothing matters. That's what that's what I mean. Nothing of this movie matters in the movie. See, I don't. This is why I don't necessarily think that this was a two-hour movie. I think that they had the like stretch to ninety minutes because they didn't have any ambition to create a story beyond the most basic. This is what we need to get from set piece to set piece to set piece because that's all this movie was. You go from the 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 set piece of running around Brooklyn to the set piece of fixing the toilet to the set piece of getting sucked into the Mushroom Kingdom to the set piece of the zombie attack to the set piece of, oh, look at fucking Mushroom Kingdom to the Kong stuff to the Mario Kart stuff to... Every scene was developed by a different studio and then it was kind of put together in the end like Lego blocks. Um, I Yes, I'm feeling it with you. Um, I should say, as a consequence of this, um, this is the stakes are so so low. Yeah, um, there there are no stakes you, in this movie. It's this is the movie equivalent of a Lacroix, <laughs> where I you know you take a sip and you're like, oh, I can. It's almost as if someone wrote a plot in the the room over. <laughs> like yes, I guess the mu- I can I can faintly detect the whiff, whiff of the Mushroom Kingdom being in danger. But you know what? We get one. 30-second scene of the Mushroom Kingdom. And I have no other reason why I should care about it. And I don't know why Mario should care about it, and I don't know why when he finally beats the villain and uh, he he becomes the hero, he decides to live in the Mushroom Kingdom. Well, you see... And the only reason is because it's in the games. Mario, I kind of get, because he's got the horn up for Peach, right? Luigi, I don't understand at all. He had a terrible time in the Mushroom Kingdom. An awful time. He was a hostage for most of it. <laughs> now, and call call me crazy, but I feel like if they had set up like a B plot where Mario's plumbing skills were like invaluable in the Mushroom Kingdom, and that's why he stayed, that would be excellent. clever. Weird, <laughs> fucking weird. Is it, like, wait a second. <laughs> Is there like not that much uh, payoff set up and payoff in this movie? It feels like there's. There's not actually a lot. Um, they don't. 
not across the span of the movie. Not really. No. Like I said, it's like just other than introducing like Mario s- concepts so that they can use them in the next scene. They set up the star and they Well, the the star is like a MacGuffin. Up. They just tell you what it is and that it's the the key to this great power. Like it's not Yeah. It's not like us mm-hmm. we're setting this thing up to to pay it off later. Um yeah, that's. It feels like they don't do a lot of. There really payoff, isn't is, much. They and the one payoff that they could do, they don't do, which is, and it would have been fine for if there was ever a movie where it's fine to have this. It's this one where Mario just Mario gets the girl. He gets Princess Peach. Yeah. Like that was the original plot of Super Mario Bros. Was you you get to kiss Peach at the end, and instead. Like he doesn't even hug Peach. They're they're like in a group photo, <laughs> and then he's just hanging out with his brother, and that's the happy ending of the movie. Is he gets to hang out with his brother, which, I mean, that that was the story that they set up at the beginning was that they were the two plumbing brothers, and the brother, you know, it was about it's about family, it's about their brotherhood, and uh, yeah, I can't even say so, like even if you want to like the mushrooms to like, I guess they set up him not liking mushrooms, and then the payoff was mushrooms were the power up. I, yeah, I mean that's a I guess that's a joke involving like, that. Been, that's the but only like him not liking mushrooms was wholly irrelevant to the movie other than like the one gag of like, "Ugh, did it really have to be a mushroom?" <laughs> did it say it in the game though? Yeah. I think I was more annoyed at I think Frankie Kong is canonically oh, yeah. uh He should have been Donkey's Larry David. Grandpa. He should have been voiced by Larry David. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Because like if if someone because well, I I did the bit in the theater and we both agreed it was great when like she asked him for his army he goes mm, I don't think so <laughs> you're not gonna get my army I, I don't want to no 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 not good, yeah. not gonna fight Bowser today no 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 I I do have that strong impulse of just like I want to rewrite this movie now like I want to give it where Cr- Cranky Kong doesn't even give the army it's just Donkey Kong. Um, and they they go out. He joins the group, and we have a scene of them traveling as he's they establish the group dynamic. And you know, I want a scene where I rewrite the ending, where it's Mario and the family sitting down to dinner at, at inside the house, and he's eating the mushrooms this time because he like he's likes mushrooms now. And then he gets up. He's like, "Sorry, ma, I gotta go." And he opens the door, and it's in the mushroom kingdom. And like he, you know, yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting if they could have like, been cool. And like a payoff to him being like kind of a failure in the eyes of the family, like he made it, and he's in the Mushroom Kingdom, and everything worked out happily ever after. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting if they could like incorporate or show how like maybe the two worlds colliding, which is spoilers, I guess, but it's been out for two weeks, and if you haven't seen it, you're not a real fan. Um, where like I guess because they kind of like mash the two worlds together, yeah. Or, like you get a bit of the Mushroom Kingdom spilling over into the other world just by so i don't shoot it you shoot a bomb into subspace and this is what happens like so i'm glad no one's got spaghettified in the process i feel like the reason that happened is it was a very uh half-assed attempt to raise the stakes in the final battle because the audience lives in the real world and knows brooklyn as a real place and therefore 
you care about its its survival except you know the movie does yeah. nothing to make you care about this like none of these locations are meaningful in any way to any of the characters other than for stated reasons you don't really see any emotional connection and also it happened in the the last movie so they felt they needed to crib that from it <laughs> I just had a Jimmy Neutron brain blast thinking about if the um, trying to relate the Mario movie to um, the Magic the Gathering universe, where like the only Super the only Mario World is one of the planes. The, yeah, or Mushroom Kingdom's a plane. And the only people who can use the pipes and go between the planes are planeswalkers. So like all the toads are just normal creatures, but like Peach and Mario are like planeswalkers. That's why he could like go between planes. And, like, the weird cloud area uh, they were traveling through was, like, the Blind Eternities and just thinking about, like, an old I almost made a Blind Eternities joke as they were working. going through there, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like, that's just the Blind Eternities going through, and, like, uh, they totally ripped off March of the Machines plot, yeah. plot threads from, like, Bowser. Multiverse is crashing creating, together is all the, the rage nowadays. <laughs> Yeah, what the fuck? Is this <laughs> You're just copying off Magic the Gathering like I Bowser's my just Elish My Norm. favorite game was when Luigi's dad was completed by Bowser. <laughs> yeah. Nuts. <laughs> that wasn't lava, it was and glistening then, oil. <laughs> yeah, Luigi had to give up his spark to cleanse him. <laughs> That's why he's stuck in the mushroom kingdom. I get Guys, it. Guys, is Luigi's sense. mansion just the plot of of scars of Mirrodin. <laughs> is uh is Cranky Kong like Nickel Bolas and his um his plated army that can travel through the the, the universes with the with the carts? The Kong, the Kong army was an ar- was the undead raised with the planner the, bridge. The ethereal armor. Yeah. <laughs> The rainbow, the, ra- the, rainbow the, ra- the rainbow planner bridge. Rainbow planner bridge. Oh, the only other thing. Donkey's just Tazarite yeah. making that shit. The only other thing I gotta say about this Mario movie was the pop, bro. The pop songs. What what are we doing with these? These were the most generic pop songs. Again, yeah, yeah, they played. They just... I'm looking out for a hero, and I was like, I like this better in Shrek too. They did. I mean, that shit's just for the like that better in Shazam too. (laughs) I think the only one that that made me do anything other than roll my eyes was maybe like Thunderstruck. Well, they like even then, no sleep till Brooklyn. Like they're they're they license a couple of like songs that I enjoy, but they were just like the most like played out. Um, like you're making Warner Brothers blush at this point. Yeah, because like the Suicide Squad is like, it's like, I wouldn't even go that far. Yeah, calm down, man. You're embarrassing yourself. Um, what are we? Some kind of Mario bro? Who are we? Some kind of Mario Brothers? Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's just they do, do they ever have the Mario Mario Luigi Mario joke in in this movie? No. It it would have been so great if they were if it on like he has his ID card out and it's Mario Mario. Well, maybe they did like a a movie detail type thing where it's like in frame for one second in the very corner of the screen where you wouldn't be looking under normal circumstances. Yeah, 
There are plenty of, I mean, obviously this thing is jam-packed with references. It wouldn't be a Mario movie if you didn't do that. They do, yeah. Um, and they, yeah. I think the only the only major references that never was touched on was Waluigi and Wario. But I mean, that's part of course. People are speculating that people are speculating that those could be the um, uh, uncles. But th- so the thing is, if they follow, as we know from our patron Saint BDG, um, <laughs> Waluigi and Wario are both not related to each other, nor are they related to the Mario Bros. They're mm. just. They just happen to have inverse uh, logos and also have mustaches and work together. They happen to be pals and happen to hate the Mario Bros. Um, That's being said, if they were the antagonists of Super Mario Bros. So too, they show they show dumb. the like desert area where Waluigi mm-hmm. Stadium is in Mario Baseball. So they they kind of established that as being a possibility. Um, yeah, they might make a sequel to this. They might not. I mean, with the money it made, I'd say it's probably pretty likely that they'll make a sequel. It's Illumination loves their sequels, and Nintendo love is fine with pumping out more Mario content. Yeah, so originally, when we were kind of not loving the trailers for this, and to be fair, I just want to be perfectly clear, I do not think this is a good movie. Um, yeah. The question was, the, the goal for it was, is it better than Super Mario Bros. 1992? And the answer to that question is kind of tricky. Because mm-hmm. on the one hand, there aren't as many head scratchers as you got with the 92 movie. But at the other ha- on the other hand, it is so completely devoid of soul and creativity that it lacks the the charm. There's a certain charm to the 1992 movie that this movie just does not have. The true, like the weird auteur genius of making the king not just a mushroom, but like a weird fungus. <laughs> that's like spread across the entire kingdom like a slime mold <laughs> and you know fucking rocket the the jump powers rocket boots um of course the obviously the goombas the fucking not only them being uh weird small headed dudes but getting there bi- via a, like a de-evolution ray yeah and getting like character actors instead of just like recognizable names for the the roles um like i i've used this line a couple times when people have asked me what i thought about the movie and i think it's apropos so i'll say it again here this movie really feels like it was a product designed to make money it was made to make money not it wasn't made because anyone involved with it thought it'd be a fulfilling artistic endeavor to do to make it. Right. On the scale of product and art, this is like all the way towards product. Yeah. Um and classic and classic um this is uh, this falls under Universal. Like there's Super Mario World at Universal Studios, right? Um they might have some yeah. partnership. Yeah, so, there is. Um, this is to the point where there was a scene in this when they come to the Kong, they Kong come to Kong country, 
the the bleh, and they go on the they go on the cart ride set to take on me by aha and i'm like i'm looking at this and i'm like this is going to be a roller coaster at universal studios go ride crazy kong's jungle cart ride i could and almost see that like kind of taking over like the simpsons back to the future esque type of ride where it's not like actually a roller coaster but like it's a video of the mario kart track and you're in your little cart and it's got the gyros and it kind of simulates the motions that you'd be going through or like yeah like a dark ride almost yeah it's very technologically advanced dark ride <laughs> yes <laughs> um that's you know it's just the, to that level um so i mean yeah People are going to watch it because you know what Mario Bros. is. We watched it because we know what Mario Bros. is. Personally, I like Sonic 1 better. I felt it uh, it had more um, expression to it. I would agree. More of its own thing. It wasn't afraid to... <laughs> they weren't afraid to go to the Olive Garden. Yeah, I... Yeah, I, my, my, I would say skip this, honestly. Like, unless you have a kid that really wants to go see it. Um, like there's nothing here for you as an adult except some like really ham-fisted references to the games. You'll get it on I'll... streaming at some point. Like this is and it's a perfect 90 minutes, so like this is gonna this is gonna go up on Cartoon Network and be aired as a, a TV airing. Yeah. Um, this feels more like point. a Nickelodeon movie. I guess I guess I'll kind of be the contrarian. Um I I think this is a good movie for just a specific audience. I I mean, for those who are trying to break it down like we are and see if there's like good filmmaking. I mean, comparing it to Batman the Two. Yeah, if you're listening to this, you're not the target audience. I mean, that even more (laughs) obvious than it already is. Like, (laughs) well, comparing it to Batman the Two is interesting because they're both aimed at children, whereas Batman the Two is an entertaining movie for adults as well because of just the pacing and the quality of it as and it's just quality over quantity with with Paddington 2 whereas Mario uh is is geared towards children but is more quantity over quality where they are jumping around as you can see from the 60 montages that we went through and it's it's jumpy positive music uh throughout it to get people engaged while there's references and characters from the games um that are pretty deep i mean from all the way from one to you know odyssey and mm-hmm. galaxy i i recognize you know characters. there's a even, whole even mario galaxy I... of stars out there yeah so like like you have you have a lot of stuff to like point out to and like um like like you'd be annoyed you'd be annoyed if you went to the movies with me like I was just like constantly going to Christmas. That's well, yeah, it's Goomba. the I that's know the what that is. Like it's bones. not a mark the, of a quality I, picture. I had such a shit day going before going to see this. I sat in traffic for two and a half hours because a motorcyclist decided to go up and <laughs> <God>. die. Um, <laughs> so I had a pretty shit day, and I had one task to do that day, and I could barely get it done. That was mow the lawn. Um, regardless. I was happier after going to see the Mario movie. I had fun watching the Mario movie. Now that is relative to 
a mm-hmm. complete and utter shit day that I had yeah. before it. I mean, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> but I had fun because it was it was fun to point out things. It was fun to it was it was a I had fun watch, in the same way like, that we had wise. fun when we went to see Minions Rise of Gru. Like it's not so much the yeah. movie it's, that it's, made me feel good, but like Illumination I, you know, they're, they're Studios just... is a cinematic candy shop, and this is one of the lollipops. Like I got, to, I got to, I got to listen to the DK rap. I got to listen to like Seth Except Rogen's laugh and Donkey they Kong. Cut it off. There was just a lot going on, but it, it's it's worth a watch, and it's a a good family movie to get your kids to sit down and shut up. As a family man myself, now Joseph will not be able to comprehend movies for a little while but i would have that is also one that we noted i was like if you wanted to introduce your child to the concept of a movie and liberate them from their tablet screen like graduate to big screen this is the movie you train them on you're like all right joe yeah we're gonna sit down for an hour and a half in this dark room and watch this it's gonna be it's mario and we'll get you a little, some popcorn and some candy, <laughs> and you can sit and watch the whole thing in one shot. I don't know how you can praise this movie for including the DK rap when it cuts out all the verses, and there was no Lanky Kong in the audience. Chunky Kong made the cut, but Lanky Kong didn't. And they also <laughs> didn't credit Grant Kirkhope, the guy who made it, with with the uh, look. Apparently, it was never going to be in it, and Seth Rogen had to fight tooth and nail to get it in there as little as it did. I'll take what I can get, okay? Bits and pieces, fine. But I got a little bit. I got a little bit to get a nut off, and I hope that Nintendo hears this and decides to put the full-length version in the second Super Mario Brothers. There ain't no way they're not coming out in the second one. I'm not going like, to stand for this Lanky Kong erasure. Hey. Mm-hmm. They, I will say about a sequel, we totally forgot because I didn't, I mean, I didn't stick around for the mid or end credits. I guess the mid one was, yeah. um, I looked it up later. Mid one was Bowser singing Peaches again, but he's like still in that glass jar, which, yeah. boys, don't put, you can't put anyone in a glass jar in this day and age on the internet. Yeah, nowadays that means not, something not different. Okay. That was a miss. Um, that was a miss, for sure. I said, who, "Were they going to come on him?" It's you know, at at the same time, like if you're making that joke, you're already lost as a person. I'm already, you know, I'm I'm in the dungeons. Already. We know where we're going. Um, <laughs> there's no know, mystery. You know, there's a bunch of Bowser's and jars on some Discord server right now. Oh, absolutely. Milky white peaches and cream. Glazed. Um, and then the other one. <laughs> That that was too much for you, Jake. <laughs> That's seventeen points um, of psychic damage was just dealt yeah. to me. Jesus. Roll for intelligence. Um, no the uh, the last the the last end credit scene was teasing Yoshi, even though Yoshi's were already in this movie. Like an egg is an yeah. egg comes out of the rubble and like cracks, and then it cuts to to black. It's just gonna be Baby Godzilla. From the 1998 movie. Oh, was that it? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's I, what it was. Like they find an egg in the rubble of Bowser's ship from the end of this movie. Yeah. Well, yeah, they showed somebody giving that as a gift. I guess. So I, I just didn't so, think that. Uh, guys, we're gonna I, get Yoshi. <laughs> Are you excited? We're gonna get Yoshi in the next one. It's like cool. Get to hear it go, Yoshi. Yeah. 
it's just weird because it feels like this movie was just incomplete and like there should be more like i keep on going back to like why did they say in the mushroom kingdom yeah, yeah like yeah. i mean they like, just i feel like they didn't have the ambition to tell any kind of story beyond like the absolute bare minimum you know, unless they're saving that for the sequel, be like, you know, me and my brother moved to the Mushroom Kingdom because I guess they were pretty cool and they never had uh, indoor plumbing. So we're we're setting up the toads. <laughs> we're throwing out the chamber pots and we're installing it, new toilets. And it really single... does feel like they abandoned their family and just said, we're going to live in the Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah, like there's no discussion. You know what? <laughs> they, their family kind of sucks, though. Mushrooms on pizza or pasta? That, that is fuck? fair. I I will. Well, isn't uh, there's there's a fucking uh, pasta dish that has mushrooms in it? Oh yes, for that, sure. What? I'm just never there's gonna eat some, it. Some, but that that looked like a, that looked like an Alfredo sauce that was with it. And there's not a lot of like cream based or like white whiter sauces that have mushrooms in them. You yeah, I was about to say masala, chicken masalas. Like chicken masala, but that. Did that that was a very white chicken masala. They just went a little heavy on the parmesan. Oh. It happens. Yeah. Uh, pasta dishes with mushrooms in it. Well, I think I think we'll conclude on that. We'll leave that to us. No, the readers. The readers. Need to see it. Give us close us out with some. <laughs> the readers. So, read us some pasta dishes with mushrooms in it over the credits here. <laughs> uh, twenty best mushroom pasta recipes. We got shrimp and mushroom linguine with creamy cheese. Is this just sauce. gonna be portobello mushroom stroganoff? Spaghetti meatballs with mushrooms. Sh- Chef John's creamy mushroom pasta. Who the fuck's Chef, Chef John? John. Baked pasta. <laughs> Yo, you don't <laughs> shit on uh, food wishes. That shit is bomb and dynamite and or bi- bomb dynamite. I just asked who he was. Oh, this is, just... He's an awesome. He's know. an awesome chef, and everyone should know him. <laughs> I'll send you some recipes. Um, this is. This is a kind of this is kind of a, a, a cheat uh, mushroom and spinach ravioli with chive butter sauce. Uh, that means the mushrooms are probably in the ravioli. Penne with pancetta and mushrooms. Fettuccine and creamy mushroom and sage sauce. All right, that's close. I could see that. Maybe there was some pancetta in there. Yeah. Okay. I'll do it. Interesting. What the fuck is this? Bacon, Brussels sprouts, and mushroom linguine. Oh, the, the bacon does, that's just millennial pasta. Bacon deserves better than that. No, it just looks like somebody cooked spaghetti and put a bunch of toppings my, on it. My favorite Italian dish with mushrooms, beef stroganoff. Yeah. Bow tie pasta with sausage peas and mushrooms. Okay. All right. Then on that on note, that note, and on yeah, that mushroom, we'll, we'll we'll wrap it up here. Uh thanks so much for tuning in to episode 363 of the Sounds of the Podcast. We'll be back next week with I'm not sure what. There's a lot of candidates uh, for review stuff. Um, so that's mm-hmm. that's going to be an interesting decision to make. Uh, but until then, uh, be well, stay safe, and party like it's 1995. Peace. Bye-bye. Uh, bye-bye. <laughs> yeah.